This episode of Catch the Craze is brought to you by... We have just a few reasons why you should pick up a copy of this Nearly to My Toilet, book number three, I Chihuahua, today. What's up, George? What's going on in the House of Craze tonight? Ooh, in the House of Craze tonight, we have Mr. Caleb York. He's going to be talking about the fancy ball man, and we're going to be talking about comic book shops and are they villains? Hmm. Are they the villains? Banks. That is crazy. <laughs> Let's get it. <laughs> Show for independence all around, giving you a platform to spread your word all over town. Cast the craze is the place to promote to your fans with the dream of Medina and Sam the Crazy Man. Subscribe to our show and never miss an episode. It's time to get your man's listen to us on the go. Updated every week, we never miss a day. Join the squad, come on in. It's time to cast the craze. If you are an independent, cast the craze. Making moves on your own, cast the craze. On your grind in the streets, cast the craze. Join the movement. Catch the craze. Yeah, George, we did it again. Come on now. Now you want to do it. Catch the craze. Welcome to Catch the Crazy Podcast. I'm your host with the most, the crazy man, Vera, and I am with George the Dreamer, Medina. What's happening, everyone? Welcome to another exciting episode of Catch the Craze. We are live once again with another episode. It is Tuesday, October 18th, and we are going to be talking to a creator of a comic book called The Bouncy Bowl Man. It's going to be in the house in just a few minutes. We are also going to be doing a Get Your Met segment live for the first time. Uh, yes, the stairs are back, baby. Uh, if you haven't done so yet, though, guys, please subscribe to the channel. Give us a like. Uh, you know, hit that like button. Hit that like button below. Um, also, hit the bell so that you know when we are going live. Ding-a-ling, uh, ding-a-ling. You know, leave a comment. And if you're in the chat right now, say what's up. Big shout out to Mr. Michael San Martino has been a minute. Oh, George the Dodger Martino. Chris, the she's wow. here. She's in the house. Look at that. The team is back. Michael this is like, and Chris. This is like Mike Tyson punch out. Body yeah, blow. Body yeah, blow. Yeah, Uppercut. Yeah, I'm, I'm Mr. Flamingo right now, bro. I'm, yeah. I'm getting it. Um, yeah, so the team is back. I see Crystal and uh, Michael are back in the chat. So welcome, guys. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, we have a few things to talk about today, but we're going to start with a blah, blah, blah. we're going to start with a little indie right. news. What up, Jay? We're going to start with a little indie news, Sam. What do you think? Shall we? Indie. <laughs> I know. The L, bro. Listen, we got, we got, we got what up in here. I love it. Oh. I love it. Arelis, Arelis is in the house. Everybody. Yes. Indie news. It's been a minute, right? It's been a minute. Girl. 
Tubs in the Bronx. Tubs in the Bronx. Fingersucky. You know what it is? We've never done this live. Usually we do this recording, record this, right? And then we go over with today. We're bringing you guys a live episode of Catch the Craze. Now, normally, yeah, it's getting crowded, bro. Normally, what we do is we pre-record these. Yeah, we pre-record these and then we air them on Friday. What we've decided is we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna not do that anymore. I mean, we may still record a couple of shows, but from now on, we're gonna go live with uh, you know our guests. We're gonna be doing a Get Your Meds uh, segment live with you guys, so we can get feedback from you guys on the topics and things of like that. I'm here for Mikey. <laughs> oh boy, Sam. Oh boy. Ah, the love. Oh, say, love can you see? Chris is coming <laughs> for George. With a left and a right. So, yes. So, this is what's going to be. What up, Gilbert? Everybody's in the house. I love it. Man. I, I love it. It's a party. Party it's time. A party, baby. It's a party. Yes. So, yeah. So, we're going to be talking about. What we're doing on our end, we're going to give you a little indie news. We're going to go into Get Your Meds. And then we're going to bring in our guests for the last 30 minutes of the show. If you have questions for our guests, please drop them in the, uh, in the chat. Also, you know, we're going to be talking about a topic today, which is about comic book shops and are they villains. And so we're going to be doing that on Get Your Meds. So if you have thoughts, you know, we're going to discuss. We're going to do all of that live today. So it should be a fun show. But Sammy, Sam, two Sammy, more days. Sammy, hi, Jamie. Dude, D. 47 hours Two to days. go. 47 oh, hours to go. That's crazy, away. right? I yes. know. So far away. Wasn't anybody oh, saying one. Anyway, yeah, so we're down to the last 48, 47 hours of Darius Uranus. It's the final week. It's the yeah. final countdown. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. You know, to, um, we're, we're hitting... The uh, the last leg of the race, and uh, if you haven't backed it, I'd love for you to get a copy of Disney in my toilet. Um, you know, it is hilarious. It's funny. I had a great time at the Dallas Fan Festival. Um, this weekend, you know, it should be a one day show. If they do it a one day show, I'll do it again. If it's a three day show, I won't do it again. Um, but um, you know, met a lot of lot of new supporters there. Arellas came through with her squad. Um, her kids, they're amazing, and um, yeah, it was it was great, and we had a great time there. Um, uh, new fans, new supporters, and uh, in fact, a lot of them follow us on me on uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram right now, and uh, so I'm excited about that. And I, uh, you know, um, I like to get these books into everybody's hands, and a lot of readers. I just got uh, an indie comic reviewer um, did a video on duty, did a really uh, nice video, good production value, um, good soundtrack. It was pretty cool. Um, and uh, gave it a thumbs up. So yeah, if you if you backed it and you haven't got through these monsters on Planet Cthulhu, you should get that one. It's only going to be available at Kickstarter and um, um, or at a Comic Con until it runs through. And uh, and remember, the three is a three cover spread. But uh, and again, Christmas is coming around the corner. So I really, you know, if you want to get a gift for the little ones, even if it's not for yourself, there's a great Christmas gift. There's a sketchbook. Uh, there's uh, Duty's Adventures, you know, there's Daily My Toilet. So there's a whole lot uh, to unwrap. And, you know, um, and we're already, I'm already planning book uh, four. The launch date is January 3rd. So um, the good thing is that I printed everything. Everything was printed. So at, once the money gets goes into my account, it takes 14 days after the campaign is ended, I start shipping. So there was no risk to you. 
Um, and the reason why I did it that way and I took the risk, the financial risk, is because I wanted to avoid the holiday rush. I didn't want uh, any delays. So I want to get it to you guys before that Christmas rush, before the holiday season rush. Um, and uh, still waiting on my short drawers needed for Baltimore Comic Con. <laughs> Got to represent. Um, what do you think? He's he still waiting on his shirt. Who's that? Uh, uh, Michael? Yeah. Oh, Mike, I got you, brother. I got you. I got you <laughs> don't you worry about, about a thing, bro. So, um, don't you worry about a thing. What's that song? Anyway, but yeah, yeah. So, um, um, you know, I met a parent, uh, one of many parents, but I read, uh, this woman who actually wanted to start putting her Christmas list together. And she actually went onto Amazon and got a bunch of shirts for her, for her grandchildren, which is dope, nice. um, which is pretty awesome. So I'm excited about that. Um, so, yeah, if you haven't done so already, give it a shot. Read it. You're going to laugh. You're going to giggle. There's an educational value to it. And I know some comic readers don't want to hear education, but there's an educational value to um, and and and, and, and entertainment value to it. There's puzzles, trivia. Um, it's very interactive and it's fun for everybody. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Next week, Cowtown. Talk to, talk to us about Cowtown, Sammy, before we move on. Yes, I'm going to be at the Cowtown Comic Con. Yeehaw! Uh, Saturday and Sunday uh, with fellow with fellow indie creators like uh, Paul Gomez and uh, Laurie Calcaterra. And um, uh, damn, I forget his name again. Well, the, the owner was on our show. The promoter, he was on our Chris show. Hayes. Yeah, Chris Hayes. Chris Hayes. He is actually a comic shop owner. He's a publisher and he's a writer and he's a comic con promoter. So, you know, he's the, you know, quadruple threat. And so, um, Sam got a cowboy hat. That's right. Hot diggity. Yeah. And yeah, so that's going to be dope. I have a booth. It's going to be hot. Um, I have some things planned for it. If you are listening to this and you're in Texas and you're coming to the Cowtown Comic Con, if you're an artist or if you have a child who's an, an artist, duty has a yearbook. And it's going to be open, and I want you to sign it with a with your rendition of duty, and you'll get a free bookmark or sticker, whichever you choose. Just come over to the table and do a quick sketch of duty, walk away with something free, and it's duty's yearbook. And so we want to fill it up, and uh, we want to make it interactive, and I have a lot of plans for the event. Um, I have over 20 prints. You know, it's going to, it's going to be fun. So uh, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to connecting with a lot of people. I connected with a bunch of creators at the fan festival in fact they're all going to be on the show um and uh and i think that's the best part of it the networking and 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 just learning from each other and just you know um you know, just building that network and so uh, i'm looking forward to doing the same thing at cowtown cowtown is indie centric so it's really heavily focused on the indie community and um i heard nothing but great things so i'm looking forward to it and if it does and if and if it plays out the way i hope it's going to play out i'll be there all the time yeah there you go there you go yes indeed so yeah check that out make sure you do so if you haven't done so yet follow us on our social media sam is at the uh, at catch the craze follow me at get your meds and also go online go to uh get your meds with a z.com get some swag i got some stuff on the website uh and so yeah that's that's what we got going on indie news big shout out to a couple of our fellow indies also who also have campaigns right now Lori kakatera's got path of the pale rider uh, we have our boys, KJ Murphy um, and uh, John Scabales with, uh, what is that, Road to Valhalla. Make sure you check that out. J.D. Uh, Rosario. J.D. Rosario. They all have campaigns. Make sure you check those out. We've been yeah. uh, we've been monitoring their, 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 uh, their movement, and they're doing pretty good. Uh, Sarah, shout out to Sarah Cook. 
She did Sarah really well Cook. on the campaign. Yeah, she yeah, yeah. Really well. Absolutely. She's already into stretch goals. So check them out. So big shout out to those indies that are yeah. doing their thing. Um, doing their thing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, much love to all you guys out there. Big time. Big time. Big time. And if we forgot about you, you know, don't be sad. We just have so much, so so much love to give. That's it. Yeah, there's a lot. You know, it's funny it's because so so you know, when you back a lot of campaigns, you get all the damn alerts and they just bang, 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 bang. And it might seem like, and so I get the alert, and like, did I get a backer? No, it's somebody else. Did I get a backer? No, it's somebody I backed. Did I get a backer? No, it's like, ah, damn. <laughs> it's like Newman. <laughs> but that's that the name of the game. Oh, especially, yeah, especially when you have a campaign. I mean, that little yeah. that little green K comes up and you're yeah. thinking, all right, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a backer and nope, it's an update. Uh, you're like, oh. <laughs> And sometimes I get like 20 updates in one day. I'm like, it messes with your head down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, but so big shout out to all those. And if you haven't done so yet, make sure you hit that pledge button for Sam's. There's an alien in my toilet, which is almost done. So uh, the 20th. So it'll be over on Thursday at 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So around this time, the campaign would have already been done. So make sure you go there. And if you were on my live stream today, or if you see my post from my live drawing stream, you saw me working on an homage cover to Sergeant Rock for issue number four. And uh, this is what it's going to look like. And this is the homage for the um, book four campaign. Um, and it's Sergeant Rock 1977 edition. I think it was uh, issue number 369. Crazy, huh? You know, and the reason why I chose that is because Sergeant Rock was the first comic I actually bought. Um, not that specific issue. I don't even remember which issue it was, but um, that was, I went to the store. I was like, oh, they have military comics? Because I was a big G.I. Joe fan. And then I saw G.I. Joe was on the shelves too. I was like, what? Um, so, yeah, so that's why I was like, you know what? It'll be, and because there is a military figure in um, issue four. So I wanted that homage. Nice. Yeah, yeah, no, for real. That looks that looks like it's going to be a fun one. So issue number four is already in the works, guys. So make sure that you uh, you're going to be people are going to be able to sign up for that in, in just a few uh, few weeks. The first so, week of November, yeah, yeah, just a few weeks. Everything's coming down the pike so fast, bro. End of the year's coming. All kinds. It's of crazy, yo. There's a chill in the air. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I, I'm outside today. I was like, brr. Uh, <laughs> I was like, was like bro. Out there in Texas. He said it was like 40 degrees over there. 40 degrees. Yeah, it was like, whoa. I yeah. sleep. That's, yeah. that's a little chilly. I got to get getting, my. Chilly, dog. I rock a hood all year round, so it doesn't really matter. So I was like, I was prepared, but it was like, man, it's a lot of brisk out here. Yeah, word. I got my hoodie. I got my hoodie on, bro. I'm ready to rock. But uh, but you know what else? George is lagging. Oh, no. See, that's because <laughs> my. uh. That's just my peoples, my peoples in the building. Look at me. I'm looking all grainy and stuff. I just see myself online. Ooh, terrible. Terrible. Uh, anyway, so what before you lose me, why don't we go to our next segment, Sam? Why don't we do a little- I haven't heard that in a minute, Jorge uh, Medina. Let's do this. I haven't heard this in a minute. I think I need my meds. Our comic book shops, the villains. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm looking real grainy on, on screen. I'm looking at myself right now like I'm going into the witness protection program. But right. uh, as long as you can hear me. Can you hear me? You can hear me, right? I, I hear you perfectly. Uh, hopefully I'm going through. Um, but yeah. No, it's, 
Yeah, I think it's just that your image sometimes yeah, comes off. My image is blurred. Yeah. Uh, yes, our comic book shops, the villain, or are indie creators and indie publishers playing the victim? We're gonna talk about it. We're gonna talk about it. We're gonna talk about it, Sam. We're gonna talk about it because oh, I, I, I'll tell you how the idea. I tell you how the idea for this. Uh, yeah, please, please explain to me, please. So, so again, big shout out. I'm, I, listen, I'm a big, I'm a big consumer of podcasts of other fellow indies that are doing their thing. I love, you know, I drive all day, so I'm listening to podcasts all day. Um, and I came across the one that uh, Lori does. Lori Kakatera uh, has a podcast yeah. in one, and uh, she had Chris Saylor. As a guest. Now, for those who don't know who Chris Adolph is, he's uh, a, another indie creator who has a book called Crit, C-R-I-T. We had him on the show. He's got a he's got a successful launch. Going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a Kickstarter that's going on right now. Him and Dan Price did a did a Kickstarter launch together. So I was well, I was listening to the yeah. show, and and Chris brought up an interesting point. And big shout out to you, Chris, because he he talked about he has um, he knows somebody who owns a shop, combo shop, and so he had a conversation with him. He said, you know. What you know? What makes you kind of like? How do you decide what indies to put on your shelves? Essentially, how do you decide if indies are going to come on the shelf? Right. And this um, shop owner gave him a straight up answer: It's a business at the end of the day, and he needs to make money. The yes. problem with indies still is that stigma, right? That stigma. Are we going to do the second issue? What else are we going to do? Is it just a one shot kind of kind of thing? Well. You know, he puts it up on the shelves. Everybody's excited about it, and it never comes out again. Or is there more behind this book? And I right. think that that's still happening even today. And so, no, I, I personally don't think that the, that the shops are villains when they say no to us. I just think we have to prove to them that we can make their money on their shelves. The issue is how do we get? How do we convince them when they don't know you? Now, when we were starting out and when we were doing this back in the day, Sam, when we were trying to do the guerrilla marketing we were doing and we were trying to get into, into stores, we went to Midtown Comics and they were very happy to put our stuff on the, on the shelves. They were very open to it. They were open to supporting it. But they knew us. We used to go there all the time, right? Um, when you went to Texas, it was a different story. They didn't know who you were. So they were reluctant to put you on the shelf. They did me like DJ Jazzy Jeff in the first <laughs> Prince. They're like, I was like, oh! <laughs> was out. Get yeah. out. So, so yeah, so so that was the question. You know, are, are they villains for not putting us on the shelves, or are we just playing the victim? And we should just, you know, entice them to get us in there. What do you think? And and, and those watching, what do you guys think? Uh, see, my experience was I wasn't asking to put my books on the shelves. I was asking to put my postcards on the counter to promote the campaigns, and they weren't willing to do that. So there was no risk to them at all. But they weren't even willing to do that. So that where that was where my frustration came from. I was like, you know, I I get real estate and you don't know me, you don't know my book, you don't know anything about it, right? So if you would have said, you know what, you know, how many followers do you have, all that stuff. If it was a book that I was trying to place, I get that conversation. But uh, the 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 problem that I had was just that it doesn't no, take up. But didn't they? They didn't really have indies in, in their store, right? Like when you looked around, most of them didn't. That's what I'm saying. And when they did, they only had like um, maybe a few titles from Image and um, maybe Boom, and that was it. Um, but I understand because the indie communities created this stigma. Number one, um, inconsistent, 
Um, there's never follow-up issues. There's always turmoil in the camp, so things fall off. So there's the, that reputation that we've created and we own as a community. Um, I my 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 remedy for that is like one of the things like with this in my toilet is until the season the series is done, I'm not even considering comic stores. Once I have them all ready to go, twelve issues, then I can go to I can go to a Diamond or a distributor and say. This is a 12 issue mini series. All 12 issues are ready to go. They, you won't miss a beat. Here's what it is. And then let's go from there. Or if I'm talking to a comic store, I can go there with the 12 issues. So look, boom. So every month I can come and drop off another issue but, you know, and do it that way. So this way it builds confidence locally in your tri-state area. I think that's what, that's what indies have to do is that you have to go and demonstrate that you already have done your homework. You understand the risk to them. You're, you're, you're trying to minimize the risk by being prepared and having everything, all your ducks in a row. So, I th- you know, so when you're going to a shop because you had a successful Kickstarter, but you only had one issue and the next issue is not going to be for eight months. There's no shop that's going to, unless it's a friend of yours, that's going to want to take that risk because if they build it, you know, it's, it's a waste of money for them and they could be putting a Marvel comic on that shelf that's going to sell. You know what I mean? So I understand that. I just don't understand the other side of it where the little things of, you know, the, the, the flyers that I don't understand, but I get it. It's a business, you know, and, and it's a tough business. I mean, I mean, you know, hats off to all those comic shop owners for um, doing what they do, providing these brick and mortar locations to house comics that are inconsistent, right? The comic and right now the comics, uh, you know, the, the, the people that are carrying the comic industry at Marvel and DC and DC is going through turmoil right now. So it, there's a lot of, and then there's been a lot of sales that have been lost because of all of this stuff that's been happening in society and DC's try to accommodate everybody, but realizing that they have a specific audience in comics and they need to just stay focused and true to their characters. And, and that's it. You know, when you're trying to appease a community of people that never bought a comic and never will, you're going to lose the game. You want to do it with your movies, do it with your movies. We don't do it with the comic books because they, the collectors are a different breed. So I get it. I understand. I don't, I don't, I don't hold any ill will or have any ill will towards the comic shop owners. They have a tough job as it is. We got to do better as a community. That's that's my side. Yeah. I think that also you got to remember with COVID, there were a lot of stores that were on the verge or on the brink of shutting down. And, you know, they, they, they were, I mean, cause diamond stopped distributing to them. They weren't getting any books into the stores. And so they had to scramble to stay open. So now when you walk in with a comic book that maybe doesn't have a following yet or whatever, they may just say, no, we, you know, we're not going to take that chance. And, and like, there are stores, there are stores, however, that will take that chance. And I got to give a big shout out to the spiders web here at my local comic book shop, Paul and those guys, they opened their doors to indies doing signings in yeah. their store it, it's that it's that they're that open to indies you know yeah. we just met he introduced himself to me at the Absolutely. fan expo you know he followed up with me at the other convention and, and he was actually at this last fan festival mm-hmm. and he's invited me to just do a round table with a bunch of artists that he's going to live stream and we're going to draw and yeah. it's going to and it's going to be open you know whatever so i so I appreciate those shop owners that are looking out that are trying to help us. Um, but we got to do our part in that relationship. Yeah, no, I, I think. And, and part of the point was that there are, it's not, it's not, I, it's not that we're saying, Oh, well, 
you know, all comic book shops are, they're not, not all comic book shops are built the same, right? Some, some comic book shop owners like Chris, for example, like Paul over at, they understand that indies kind of like are, are the engine that keeps this thing going, right? Original stories, brand new stories nobody's ever heard of that, you know, th that's, that's the stuff that's going to keep it going. But they also understand that I got to keep the lights on. So yeah. some things are going to make, you know, I need stuff that's definitely going to fly off the shelves. Now, I think part of our job, Sam, is to not only just put our books on the shelf, but also make sure that people come in to buy them. You know, I told you this earlier, putting a book in a store and not telling anybody that's at that store is like putting a campaign on Kickstarter and not telling anybody that you have a campaign on Kickstarter. Nobody's going to go pledge, right? Same thing. People aren't going to walk through the door. The thing that you want to show that store owner once you put your book on the shelf is that people are going to come in and buy it because that's going to prompt them to say, hey, uh, George, that that book that you brought in, do you have any more of those copies? Because they're gone, right? And now you're like, oh, snap. Yeah, sure. I'll bring you more copies. Now they're ready for issue number two when whenever you, you put out issue number two. And you should have issue number two. One of the things that Diamond, I think, were pr the prerequisites was to have three three uh, three chapters or three comics, three issues in the bag before you even went to them to get distribution. So you got to kind of stay in that mode of at least three in a bag before you even go to a shop because now you have three months to put out issue number four and you're always three months ahead. So these are the type of things that you got to think of as an indie before you even go to a store. Think about what have you done the work before you go to that to that shop owner and say, hey, I got a book because then you can say to him, dude, I got three issues, man. So if this sells this month, you know, I got issue number two because you need that leverage to be able to get into the store. Without that leverage, they're going to be like, listen, come back when you have more. Otherwise, I can't put you. And, and you got to understand that there's nothing wrong with that conversation. And there's so many that. things that you can do, especially if the comic shops are local within your city. Right. You can say, you know, you can, you know, if, if, if the comic shop owns, yeah, I'll, I'll put it up. All right. So give me give me a couple of weeks before we put it on the shelf. I'm going to promote that. That is going to be there. And then I'd like to be there the day that it gets on the shelf. If you if you don't mind, I want to just you know let people know as they're walking in, whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? So you should take an active role into building that confidence in the relationship with that shop owner because he's taking a risk with you. So when you when you go out of your way to do something, because it, 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 look, if you don't have distribution, you have to do that grassroots hustle, whether you like it or not, because you're not gonna get you're not gonna get that. Um, you might get a one off, but they might like you know what we tried it with you. It, it didn't work, you know, you know, you know. But thank you know, good luck. Put in the hustle, you know, and, uh, no, no risk, no reward. And, and if you want, if you want to break in um, and you don't have distribution, you got to put in the work. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And there are tons. Listen, there are lists of stores. A lot of people, what is the explanation of the series of a book? Most indies from what I see, those creators have day jobs and can't put a comic out every month. Yeah, no. And that's why, and, and, and Mike, that's the reason why you stay, you, you get ahead of it. So like, for example, you, and, and for those who don't know, Michael San Martino's got a book uh, called, uh, damn, I, I forget. Oh, Technogods. Technogods. Uh, Technogods, right? So he's got a book called Technogods. You, for example, you're three issues in. There's no reason why you can't go into a store and say, hey, how about this? It's October. Uh, say January, I come back into your store and starting January, issue one comes out, February issue two comes out, you know, March issue three comes out. And by then you should have issue four ready to rock, right? Yeah. So you go to issue four. Now, ongoing comics, ongoing series are tough, man, are tough. And that's why 
as an indie, for me, what I find works best is six issues put in a graphic novel, one arc, done. And that's it. That's my story. I'm putting that story out. To do an ongoing series takes a lot of money. <laughs> it takes a lot of time. And a lot of indies don't have that, right? That's what, that's what we're lacking in, time and money. And that's what it takes to put a comic book out. For those who have done comics and are watching, Mike, for example, you know what it takes. You know it takes a team of people to do that, you know? So it's not as easy as, oh, yeah, man, I'm going to put a comic book together. I can do this in, you know, in you know two weeks. No, you can't. Yeah. Not if you have a not, not job. You Complete, know. especially if you're doing local. I mean, again, and if you're this, if you this is just grassroots stuff that we're talking about. If you're trying to get into a distributor, you need to have at least ten G's in the bank, um, um, because Jet Diamond is going to order a couple of thousand, right? And so you got to be able to print that plus that's the other thing, any yeah. re-ups, yeah. anything like that. So um, if you're looking that's at, out of your pocket, nobody's paying out of your pocket. Yeah. yeah. So if you if you're looking if you're looking to go that route, make sure you have the bank. On the capital and surplus, you got to have additional funds. Um, if you're doing localized stuff, and you're going to like three or four comic shops in your area. Have four books in the in the can, so this way they know at least for four months straight they're going to have follow up issues, right? And that's where you build the confidence. Don't walk in with one half baked and say, you know, I got one issue. No one's going to want to take that risk unless it's a, a, a really close buddy or a family member. Uh, no one's going to want to do it. So. Put into work, you know, build your credibility in the relationship. And in one no and it number one, you finished several issues. You know, you can hang your yeah, yeah, hat on that. You can stand tall on that and say, you know what, I actually accomplished what most of us in this community struggled doing. Um, and then you know, your confidence building as you go into the next comic shop, into the next comic shop, he's like, Yo, I'm I'm you know. Danny's comics has my stuff on their shelves. Can I get it on your shelves and blah, 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 blah. And, and then you build it from there, you know, yeah, but uh, yeah. if you guys have any uh, questions about this, let us know, um, put it in the comments. Um, we see that we have our guest in the waiting room chomping at the bits. He is waiting to talk to us about the bouncy bowl man, um, which is a really cool story. And, uh, uh, but before we bring him in, we're going to remind you why you should subscribe to cast Crease If you haven't, done so already but um like i said before <laughs> you don't want to hear from us you want to hear from our previous guests it's monty moore i am a 30-year comics veteran in comics games and movies and you've been watching one of my absolute favorite podcasts catch the craze you are watching catch the craze what am I listening to? And you're listening to Catch the Craze. Where are all the indies at? A Catch the Craze podcast. What are you watching? I'm watching Catch the Craze. What are you going to do? Subscribe now to Catch the Craze, the number one show online for independent. Have you subscribed to? You are an independent. Catch the Craze. Making moves on your own. Catch the Craze. On your grind in the streets. Catch the Craze. Join the movement. What's up? <laughs> What's going on? What's up, my brother? How you doing, man? How's everything? Good. Dang, I so, have, so first question. <laughs> first question I'm gonna ask: the pronunciation of your name. Uh, Caleb. But yeah, oh, there you go. I knew it. I knew it. The way he gets <laughs> <This> guy, <laughs> He knew it. Never even said it. He's too afraid. Who to said Caleb? I, I said, yeah, I got, yeah, growing up, a lot of substitute <laughs> teachers would say like Caleb or Khalib. Uh, 
my girlfriend's grandpa still calls me Khalib, even though I <laughs> myself. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Well, Caleb, welcome to Catch the Craze. Thank you yeah, for coming thank you. on. Thank you for sending us a PDF of the Bouncy Ball Man. Very good. Very good. Enjoyed it very much. Thank you so much. Uh, oh, but before you. we start, and because, you know, probably most uh, people who are watching may not know you, give us a brief introduction. Tell us who you are, and then we can get going with some questions. I have questions about these things. So let's start there. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, my name's Caleb. Uh, pronounce Caleb, but you can really call me whatever you want. Uh, yeah, uh, I grew up in in Virginia. Just a, just a real quick uh, memoir here. Uh, I'll give you. Uh, yeah, grew up uh, reading comics, loving comics. Spider Man and Batman were uh, were two of my favorites growing up from the cartoons. Um, and then I started like getting into like actually reading them uh, in high school. Um, and then I started uh, working in advertising. Uh, I'd always loved writing. I tried my hand at writing like stand-up comedy and uh, wrote for my school newspaper. And I write ads for a living now. Um, so it's just I it's it's just like a constant need to always be writing. But uh, this past year, like I just I wanted to try my hand at, at comics. It's been something I, I've wanted to do for a while, and uh, it's definitely been the most rewarding thing I've written so far. Awesome. And then, uh, and then it's brought me to you guys. So yeah, that's, no, that's where the biography, uh, cuts off. No, that's perfect. I, I also noticed that you mentioned, uh, Calvin and Hobbes as one of your favorite superheroes as well. Yeah. Yeah. I see the, I see the wagon in the, in the background. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I hear about that, but that's interesting, man. So, so I know that you, you're a copywriter at this point, right at the ad agency, you do a lot of that stuff. Do you incorporate, I mean, I know you're writing constantly and that helps. Do you kind of, how do you shut it off and say, okay, now I'm going to go the creative route rather than, you know, the commercial route of writing? Oh, sessions? yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's hard sometimes because uh, uh, when you're like, you are in a sense, like always on, like right. um, the cool thing about writing is you can like do it, you know, whenever, like you can come up with an idea, like if you're writing an ad in the shower or like at midnight. But that's also the bad thing too. Like it could definitely uh, consume you if you're not careful. Like you can, I've definitely fallen in this trap too of like, I'll walk by, I'll like think of something cool or like see something cool. And my first thought will be like, oh, like how can I like turn that to like immediately like corporatize like this really cool thing I found. Um, so yeah, you have to be careful. I've found like just with creating anything, whether it's for your job or like on the side, uh, you have to take like mental breaks. Like you have to just like watch a movie to watch a movie or like read a book to read a book. Like you can't, you have to find ways to turn your brain off. And like, that's, that's how you actually recharge creatively. It really is hard, man, because you watch, you watch movies or you watch shows with that critical eye always, yeah. right? Like, Oh, they, they, they probably should have done that this way. They probably should have done that that way, you know, kind of thing. Cause you're always thinking about how, how, you know, how to write something whether it's not want to say better, but necessarily, but writing something. And, and so when, when you do that, when you sit down and you write for your comic book, for example, does it start with the character, a plot, something you saw while you're walking down the street? Where does the idea come from when you're creating your, your next comic? Oh, man, if I knew, I'd uh, I'd have a lot more. <laughs> I'd probably <laughs> I'd be talking to you guys in my mansion. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I don't know where ideas come from, but I know like uh, a lot of times for me, like a story or like just an idea, um, it'll pop in with like something uh, like kind of random, like like for Bouncy Ball, man, the, the idea yeah. came, I, I took a, 
I took a drawing class during uh, during the pandemic. And I'm not, I did not draw this comic. Uh, that was my artist, Rick Alvarez. He's great. Um, and I'm not, I'm not very good, but I was, there's this like unit on, uh, uh, it was for cartoon drawing. So it was like combining different shapes to like make uh, people. It was like kind of an exercise they did. So there's this one where like they wanted you to make like this guy out of like geometric shapes. And I drew this circle. And then I was like, that kind of looks like a giant ball. And I kind of like just drew this stupid little drawing of, uh, um of what would become a bouncy ball man um but then i don't know like you just start thinking like like after i drew that i was thinking like what what kind of guy would like this be like who would have this right um and i would do that as a kid a lot too like uh my dad had this like uh tolkien calendar like in his workshop and it was this was like when i was a little little kid and like hadn't read any of the books um but I would just like start creating these scenarios in my mind of like, wow, I wonder like what the story behind that is. I was completely wrong. <laughs> like it was <laughs> way, way worse than, than what, what actually was there. But like, yeah, just, uh, just like taking an idea and just like expanding on it and running with it. Like, I think some of the best work out there, like comics and beyond is like some, like I really admire people who can take like a really simple or really stupid premise and then just play it completely straight, like to its, its right. Well, well, that that's the beauty of the bouncy ball man. And for those who don't know, the bouncy ball man is is the is the story that uh, that that Caleb created. It's a comic book um, that you funded on Kickstarter, and it was a, it was successfully funded. I think it ended up back in July. Um, yeah. But so that story, for example, it's a stunt man, right? Here's this stunt man. He's got an agent. You know, he's looking for the next gig, and they put him in this, in this ball, literally a ball, and he's supposed to do these stunts. Why <laughs> yeah. a Hollywood stunt man? Like, where did the idea for the Hollywood stunt man came out? Like, what was that whole thing like? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, and it's kind of like like what I was saying before when I was like thinking like, who would have this like crazy costume? Like, what yeah. would that look like in the real world? Um, and I, maybe it's cause I work in an ad agency, but like the first thought that came to mind is like, I bet an ad agency would do this. Like if they had, they had some kind of bouncy ball for a product, I bet they would put someone in a costume and like make them do something. Um, and then, yeah, I think, yeah, originally I like very briefly considered him to like, just be an actor, but then I'm like, if he's going to do all these like crazy stunts and bounce moves, uh, it would make sense that they'd hire a stunt man. And then I just kind of like worked from there like what kind of guy would be forced into this gig like it's you know probably someone at the end of his career rather than the beginning probably someone that like has made a few few enemies in in the business and has some personal like development to do himself so kind of spun you know, when, when i read it i thought about three different movies right, right. Yeah. I, was, so I thought of the fall guy because the stunt man right i yeah, thought yeah. of uh turbo man with donald schwarzenegger what was that the jingle all the way um <laughs> and, and mel gibson right lethal weapon right so I, it's like this guy has this personality like like he's fearless right he's a stunt man he's fearless he's not taking crap for anybody yeah he's down in the dumps and uh but i also the question that i have is you had a choice go with a younger audience or go with a more mature audience with this topic and you know because it has, it has violence it has you know you know prof you know profanity so what made you decide to go right instead of left yeah that was that was definitely a decision like early on um and i think my i, I tried a version of my first draft with uh, without any of the violence and 
or the profanity. I think a version of that could work. Like I, um, like there's comics I enjoy that are like all ages or YA or something, but um, I just thought it would be when you see like someone called bouncy ball man is in a bright neon costume. Like the first thought is that it would be like for children right? or for like a younger audience. And I, I kind of wanted to challenge myself and just see like, well, what, well, what if he wasn't like, what if like, yeah, we have this like ridiculous premise, like he's in this suit, but like, what if like everything else was like played kind of straight, like in the real world? Like, what if he wasn't fighting supervillains? What if he's fighting like a, a real threat, which is who he fights in the in this first issue? He fights he fights a motorcycle gang. Yeah, because that opening sequence is pretty pretty up there, right? So you know, yeah, you you have the two buddies, whatever, and they, they, you know, they, they they're having to go at it, and then when you see that camera turn, and yeah, uh, that's, that's what... my favorite my favorite <laughs> panel in the book, and it's kind of gruesome. Uh, I really <laughs> hope I didn't like confuse anybody that like. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be. Uh, I did try and put tags, you know, on it on uh, on the sites, you know, letting people know what what the audience was. But. Right. No, I mean, you've done a great job with the pacing, the storytelling, um, the visuals. Um, the other question would be, uh, why you chose to go black and white versus full full blown color? <laughs> uh, there's there's two reasons. Um, one is I'll I'll say the I'll say the lame reason first. Like one is you know this is my first comic. I'm an indie writer. Uh, it's cheap. It's just cheaper to print in black and white. Um, that's just the reality. Um, however, like that is that isn't the only reason. Um, I, I did it. Uh, I did consider getting like a colorist. My my artist uh, Rick also does coloring. He does a good job. Um, he did the colors for the um, the cover. Um, but like I was saying, I, I grew up. Um, you know, with Spider-Man and, and Batman. Um, but my first like time reading, reading like a comic was I went to the library and I got a uh, Marvel's essentials, like those old trade paperbacks with all the like back issues from like Stanley and, you know, Kirby and um, John Romita. Um, and that, that was kind of my like first foray in a comic. So I read through like this daredevil one and then I got my hands on like all the essential uh you know, trades that my library had. I just love that like black and white look. I mean, Calvin and Hobbes, like I've always, mm -hmm. I, I really dig like um, the black and white aesthetic. And I thought, I thought, you know, just apart from the cost too, and my love of the aesthetic, it could kind of be funny um, with a character with such a colorful costume be relegated to, to black and white as a medium. Um, I do think as um, I'm in the, I'm in the midst of kind of putting together, um, you know, scripts and fundraisers for, for the next few issues. Um, I'm toying with the idea of like making when it comes out in trade, like making that in color and seeing, mm -hmm. seeing maybe what that would look like, but I haven't decided yet. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, Anibal Arroyo's uh, here. He says that, uh, that when describing the character reminded him of Brad Pitt in uh, Once Upon a Time. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. He was. He was definitely yeah. an inspiration. Yeah. Right on the yeah. money. So that that sounds about right. Now I did read um, on your campaign where you had something. We were talking about pacing. You you mentioned something about you know as the more funds you get in, you can you can add scenes. You know what I mean? That you want to add scenes for the pacing. Do you find that? keeping those scenes out hurt the pace at all or do you think that it didn't and if and how do you keep it from from hurting it when you have to remove things if there isn't enough say for example money to, to produce the amount of pages you want to produce 
Yeah. Um, well, I, I had, um, I, I think uh, what you're referring to is like the bonus story. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So I, I made sure I had an idea for the bonus story um, at the end. That's the the color, like one page, like kind of hostess ad at the end. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I knew that I wanted that to be like superfluous and like kind of not relevant to the main plot, but just kind of like a fun add on because I, I didn't um, like, yeah, you bring up a good point. I didn't want to like. I wanted to have the full story and just any add-ons were just completely bonus, but you know, no matter what, whether I raised the funds or not, like I still wanted to deliver a, a complete product. Yeah. No, I, and you did. I think, I thought it was great. Qu a question about that last page though. Are, are those balls available? Like can, are you, are you <laughs> no, on making those uh, things? Dude, that's cool though. Yeah, no, I think, uh, I think, and I, you're not the first one to say that. I think for my next Kickstarter, um, I've been looking into companies like how many, how much it would cost to buy how many like bouncy balls with your logo on it. I think I will have that as some kind of rewards package. Uh, yeah, no, I think that, that would be, that would be great, man. That would be great. It's a cool, it's a great guy. Number one, you, 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 uh, you, who, your illustrator, how did you find the artist? Uh, Reddit. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's, and, and I, I think, um, I saw it. It's, it's Rick Alves. Um, said that before he's great. Uh, highly recommend him. Um, but yeah, I saw he did work for Sidekick for Hire. I don't know if you guys had Christian Herrera on the show, um, but that's a really good book. Um, and I saw Rick's art for that. And I um, once I found him on Reddit, I started looking through that and I thought it really matched the tone of like the book I was trying to get. Um, so yeah, he posted like, hey, artist looking for work. And I um, messaged back. We started going back and forth on emails. Um, he's in Brazil, so we've faces uh, and somehow it works <laughs> like yeah oh, that, that's that's awesome. sweet. I mean, he did a fantastic job with yeah. you know uh, there was this one overhead shot you know bird's eye view in the office and you chose to go with a glass table and and you silhouetted the legs i thought it was i mean i was like that was all that was all him yeah yeah fantastic was job and i was like oh i wonder what that would look like you know but um the perspective the visuals, the characters, the emotion. I mean, um, the guy did a really solid job with this book. I mean, it, and it stands tall, black and white. Yeah, you, you know what it is, I think, Sam, and to your point, I think when you have a black and white book, you want to make sure that the artist is, is a solid artist. Yes. And his style also kind of, um, you know, goes hand in hand with the story you're telling. Because yep. it's, it's although it, it's, it's not, car I don't want to say it's cartoony, because it isn't cartoony. But it's very, it's fun, you know. Yeah. It's not, it's not like that stiff, you know, superhero, big arms. Even, even, even the, the, the guys, the, you know, the guys who are in the gang, they're not like the, they're big, but you know, they're still fun characters that you, that, that you look at. And so, it's tough when you want to do, when you do something like that. Did you guys have a conversation about what style he was going to draw this thing in, or yeah. kind of just, yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was one of the first conversations we had, um, early on. He kind of just, you know, told me, um, what styles he thought the, the book would, um, do well in and, and that, and like what we eventually arrived on was, uh, one of the ones he suggested. And, um, I typed up a, a, a list of like, uh, physical characteristics of the characters, like kind of like the, what the world looks like, what the suit looks, I gave him the shitty, uh, like sketch <laughs> I did of the, uh, of the ball the, the original one and he took that and like ran with it um so yeah i sent him all that and then like i let him feel free to like do his thing once he as long as he hit those notes i was fine with him like exploring the world visually and 
all the characters. Yeah. You know, I have a question uh, for you about the characters themselves and the world you're building. Um, the characters look very real. And I was wondering, now that you say, you know, working in the ad agency world, are these people you've met that you've worked with? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like someone like that, that pushy, you know, that guy that's trying to create the next big toy and like those meetings in boardrooms. Is that something that you, you relate to or you wrote some of that, your real, you know, your work into the, into the story? Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's it's not it's not an exact lift of, of any one person, uh, but that that character Jerry, um, it's kind of kind of a culmination of a, a bunch of different people I've met before. Uh, awesome. just, yeah, very very eager to please, very like uh, yeah, sycophantic. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. I love that is it. Fantastic. So what's the long what's the long game for you? Uh long game. Uh I mean that I mean that kind of depends on you know how how these next few issues go. Um right now I'm in I'm in some shops. Uh I was listening to what you guys were saying before. I'm definitely in that like local uh shop camp. Um because I'm in I'm in New York City right now, but I grew up in Virginia. So I have I have some some issues in some shops I grew up with in Virginia and some here in New York. Um so right now, like trying to get some um some more shops. Um trying to I finished this like second issue. Um regardless of how like any Kickstarter in the future may go or, or anything, like I plan on finishing this. Like I have a five-issue arc planned. Yeah um and we'll just like see how it goes like if it if i uh you know if people people keep wanting to see it made then i'll i'll keep making it um i'll go beyond the five um but i think i think yeah i think after the, the fifth issue um i think whether i continue it or not i think i will take a break and try and uh try and tell like another story maybe a one shot or like a different genre because i would i love comics and i i love uh I love all the different ways like it can bring different genres to life. Caleb, what what uh I'm in New York. What what shops? What shops in New York that I may be able to go in there and pick up a, a physical copy of? Because I'd love to just have a physical copy of it. I mean, I read the PDF, but there's nothing like holding the comic. In yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you can go on to uh, Silver Age Comics. It's mm -hmm. in a it's in Astoria, Queens. And then uh, actually this week I'm going to Forbidden Planet. Um, oh. And trying to get a hold of this guy Matt there. Uh, he's like the indie comic guy, but he only works on the weekends, which is like. The one time I can't get into it, it, it's so funny because our friend who's in the chat right now, Aníbal, posted a picture of their selection of indie comics. Yeah, the they, they have. A, they yeah, have a good it's one, one of yeah. the best, right? It's one of the best, and I'm so glad. How how was the reception? I mean, even for the guy say at Silver Age, like what what was it like? You walking into his shop and say, "Hey, I have a, I have this book." Was it was it a good reception, or did you find any obstacles? Like, tell us a little bit about that experience. Uh, yeah, that was. I, that was the first one I went to physically just cause I don't live in Virginia anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I knew the, uh, the Virginia shops, I grew up with those guys. So I wasn't nervous at all about like asking yeah. them. I, I, I basically like messaged them before and was just like, Hey, I'll be in Virginia. Like, are you cool to like stock this year? Like, yeah. So I was a little nervous going into, um, this because I also just, I've, I've been in New York for three years, but I just moved into this apartment. Mm -hmm. um so i'd only been going to him for like a few weeks and i, I didn't have that like rapport yet um but he, yeah he's super super cool um and i just 
Um, I basically, I, I had my backpack with the comics in there. Like, I don't want to show it yet. I, 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 I made sure because I was going to go buy comics there anyway. And then I just kind of like testing the waters. I was like, yeah, do you stock any uh, like local artist comics or anything? Yeah, yeah. And he was saying that, uh, that yeah, every now and then he did. And then I'm like, cool. And then I like put the back on the counter. <laughs> oh, God, damn. Like if you're into this and yeah, he's, yeah. He gave, he gave shelf space too. It's, it's got, he's got a local artist section as well. So highly recommend that shop. If you're ever in Astoria. Yeah. I'm gonna check how, did, out. how did it make you feel, you know, getting over that hump, that, that yeah. hurdle of approaching a, you know, a shop owner for the first time and having that conversation? And, and when you walked away knowing that your book was on the show, how did it make you feel? Oh man. Like it's, uh, I used to do stand up, and I also used to like sell sunglasses, like do sales. <laughs> I, I described the rush as similar. Like <laughs> when you bomb, like nothing feels worse than bombing in front of a live audience, whether that's like some guy you're like selling sunglasses to or a crowd you're telling jokes to. But when you succeed, like that's, there's no high that compares to that either. So yeah, it felt, it felt pretty good. I, I definitely got a photo and, yeah, dude, Caleb, you have to come down um, to Yonkers. There's a store called uh, the Spider's Web. There's a gentleman I've, heard, I've heard of the Spider's yes. Web, but yeah, yeah, I'm definitely down and check it out. There's a gentleman there. His name is Paul. Really nice guy. I'm sure if you talk to him, he may even have let you do a signing at the store. Like, he's really open to, to that kind of stuff. So if you're ever, like, in Yon I mean, Yonkers, it's, it's a train right away from where you are. So yeah. it's not too far. You should definitely check it. It's right across from the... Uh, from the uh, uh, the raceway, the Yonkers raceway, so you can't okay. miss it. Right across the street from it, definitely go in there and check him out. Really nice guy. He's got a nice selection of stuff in there, also. Yeah, um, check out another shop. Yeah, That's no, absolutely, cool. man, absolutely. I'm glad you're doing that. I'm glad you're going in there on your own and saying, "Hey, man, I got a book. Can you uh, throw it on the shelves?" And the reception is is good because that's what we were talking about. Sometimes it's not yeah. you know we can't just blame the shop. Sometimes you gotta. We got to, you know, approach them and, and, and make them feel like, hey, you, I, this can be sold. This is good stuff right here. You know, the quality matters. And you definitely have quality in your book, brother. So, yeah, no. Thank absolutely. you. So, so do you have any uh, conventions planned for this year at all? Sorry, you cut, you cut out for a second. What, Are you doing any Comic Cons, any shows, any appearances? Yeah, yeah, that's the um, the next step. I've been, uh, as someone you've had on the show, Keith Gleason, he did mm -hmm. Mighty Mascots. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, talk, I talked to him uh, last week. I was kind of picking his brain. Uh, he's got uh, a great series on YouTube um, mm -hmm. all about, like, doing conventions, like, basically yeah. a how-to guide. Um, so I've been, yeah, I've been binging that. It's great um so yeah that's like that's like the next step. that's the thing with like creating comics it's like you're 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 really writing like five percent of the time <laughs> like 95 percent <laughs> of the time it's something completely unrelated to any of it it's like booking conventions or like that's right uh because yeah. now you gotta think about your setup and what the setup is gonna yeah. look like you know what i mean yeah that's and yeah and he goes through that and like just covers it's things awesome. i would have like it, never thought so of yep and for those yeah. who are like keith gleason the name of the show is indie comics relay and mm -hmm. he has a really good, like you said, he has a really good series. And every convention he goes to, he breaks down what was good about the convention, what was bad, and things like that. He's got Plastic Cities. That the, is that the convention that oh you're in? Yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. His comic yeah. series, uh, Mighty Mascots. That's really good. Oh, really, really, good. Good. really yeah. good. Yes, really, very good. But yeah, no, this has been fun, Caleb, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show, my brother. Where So other than obviously at the stores where you have, is there a website where they, people can pick up your book or how can they get your book if they're not in the New York or Virginia area? Yeah, um, yeah, you can get it online. It's on uh, 
what's left of comiXology i guess like amazon's kindle you can get you can get a pdf there um or you can go to global comics um the first issue there is uh is for free to uh to get you started reading that and uh and i'll keep releasing issues there sweet, sweet. outstanding outstanding awesome. and where and where are you on social media uh you can find me my uh my portfolio site um has all my contact. That's CalebYork.work. I'm on Twitter uh, at Caleb Zoo Crew. Uh, made that in high school. You know, don't judge. <laughs> uh, yeah. Awesome, man. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. Thank so it's so having you on the show. Uh, you know, uh, congratulations on getting. You know, on doing the legwork and getting yourself into uh, some physical stores and a successful launch of your campaign. And been looking forward to seeing more from you. So uh, when you're ready to uh, promote the second issue, hit us up. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is awesome. This is definitely like, yeah, no joke. Like the the best <laughs> production quality of any oh, indie yeah. comic show out there. It's awesome. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks, 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 brother. Thank you, my brother. Well, Caleb, you're welcome back anytime, man. Not just because you said some nice things, but because you have, <laughs> some, you have some good stuff, bro. No, it's because you. he said some nice things. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. You have a great evening, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do the same. Uh, yeah, awesome. All right. So that was Caleb. And uh, again, guys, check it out. The link is in the summary. So if you want to check it out on Global Comics, you can go ahead and do so. Um, it bouncy ball man is worth it. Go and check it out. It is fun. It's a fun read. I enjoyed it. Yeah, no, it is a fun read. And the artwork, man, like you said, it's black yeah. and white. And this is black and white, not grayscale. It's straight up black and white. Like it's 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 line work. It's black and white, but it works. And the letters, and I, we didn't talk about that, but the lettering on the book is very good. So it doesn't look like it's not jarring. It's yeah. the quality is very good production quality wise. And uh, and then they have that fun little thing at the end. Uh, yeah, that was good. I enjoyed that too. That was nice. That was nice. So yeah, so definitely check it out. Uh, Caleb York, the book is The Bouncy Ball Man. If you're in New York area, it's at Silver Age Comics in Astoria. And if you're in Virginia, um, check out his website because then you'll be able to check out maybe where, where, where we ain't asking the, uh, the stores in Virginia. But no, big shout out to him, man. And this was fun, man. We haven't done a, a live one like this in a minute. And thank you to everyone who, who joined in the, uh, in in the chat. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, and I do want to shout out, um, yeah, YouTube. I do want to shout out a new subscriber tonight to the channel. Um, this one's not a, not a hidden, um, so I can actually see who it was. Um, uh, Mark Jones. Thank you, Mark Jones, for subscribing to Catch the Crease tonight. We appreciate your support. Um, you know, because uh, yeah, we've had several new subscribers to the channel, but they're, very, they're um, confidential, so you can't see who it is. But uh, whenever we get somebody where we can see, we want to shout them out. There you go. Yeah, so thank you. And the road to 1,000 continues, guys. So please share the link to our channel with friends. And uh, let's let's get it up there. Let's get it to 1,000 before the end of the year. I mean, it's, a, it's not that far away from now, but uh, hopefully we can get there. And tomorrow we are back with another live episode. And, yeah, we have uh, David Howard. David Howard will be on the show tomorrow night at 8 p.m. So yes. make sure you check that out. And then obviously on Thursday morning, we're going to be uh, doing some live stuff again. The morning brew. The morning brew with the crazy crew. So check yeah. that out. Yes, sir. Yeah. Check that out. And uh, and don't forget, we're down to the last 47 hours of the campaign. If you haven't backed it, I would love for you to get a copy of this nailing in my toilet, either for yourself or somebody that you care about or the little ones. Um, you know, and uh, I'd like to break the 49 backers. Um, and uh, I mean, this 
we get to 75 backers, you're getting four independent comic book downloads from JD Calderone, Daphne Lage, and D JD Rosario, and you're getting two prints. So um, a lot to unpack um, that you'll get for free if we get to 75. So we need 26 more backers. Can we do that in the next 47 hours? If you can share, post, um, pledge, and if you're trying to get a Christmas present, duty makes a great Christmas gift. I'm just saying, you know, so uh, I love for you to read it and, and laugh with me. Um, but yeah, you know, this was a good show and I liked, and, 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 and I prefer it this way. I prefer do this is the first time we're doing our format live. So no. it's pretty dope. Yeah, no, it's pretty cool, man. It's pretty cool. We're, we're going to keep it up. We will have another topic for you guys tomorrow and uh, we'll discuss it. And you yes. guys can tell us what you guys think. Thank you so much uh, to Mike, uh, Michael San Martino, for getting involved in the conversation. We appreciate you, Crystal, always. Obviously, Aniva. Jonathan came out of nowhere. Jonathan was in the house. I don't know if he's still in the house, but welcome, sir. We haven't seen yes. you in a while, right? Brother was out there. Arelis uh, came through to say what's up. JS. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jay Salazar, Mr. Jay Salazar. Salazar. Yeah. How are you, sir? Thank you so much for coming through. So, yeah. Right. And everybody who's been watching silently on Facebook and on uh, Twitch, um, give us a thumbs up if you enjoyed this episode. Um, let us know how you feel about it, um, you know, and help those algorithms work for us. So, well, thumbs up if you liked it. Um, join us tomorrow uh, live, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and again on, on Thursday morning. And you can always join me on my live drawers. Um, and uh, I will probably come on live tomorrow uh, Thursday afternoon to close out the campaign. And uh, I would love for you to join me as well there too. So yeah, don't forget Cowtown this weekend, Sam. Go that's right. Yes, I will be at Cowtown Comic Con. If you're going to be in Texas, if you're coming to the Comic Con, sign Duty's yearbook with your sketch of Duty for yeah. a free gift. So Duty has a yearbook. And we're going to fill up his yearbook with your version of duty in the book. And I'm going to have the pencil and the pad ready for you to just rock out. And you're going to walk away with a free gift. And we're going to have fun. I'm looking forward to Caltown Comic Con. I'm looking forward to having fun. I had fun at the Fan Festival. Watch for that video that's coming out on the Fan Festival. I'm editing it right now. Um, but it should be a one-day show. It's not a three-day show. Uh, two days were just lackluster. Uh, the Saturday. It should just be a Saturday show for the Fan Festival. Um, and I think the consensus was from everybody on the floor that they felt the same way. Um, but uh, Cowtown sounds like it's going to be a party, and I'm looking forward to it and looking forward to hanging out with more indies over there. So, uh, yeah, with that said, I'm Sam the Crazy Man, Vera. Gosh, thank you, my Medina. And we are. No, I was talking about my friend, Aquis. I met him the Say my name, say my name, right? Oh, <laughs> this is what you were thinking? Oh, oh my God. Oh, he described me. He said, I'm the idiot. You're listening to Catch the Craze. You're listening to Catch the Craze. You're listening to Catch the Craze. You are listening to Catch the Craze. Catch the Craze. You're listening to Catch the Craze.